great unexpectations. Brothers and sisters, I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Just as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now disobeyed in order that, by virtue of the mercies shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to disobedience, that he might have mercy upon all. Romans chapter 11, verses 13 to 15 and 29 to 32. Years ago, I was listening to a priest mentor of mine teaching a class on Paul. He was quoting one of the fathers of the church, Jerome, I think it was, who had been translating some passage of Paul from Greek into Latin. At one point, utterly frustrated by Paul's style and language, he hurled the Greek manuscript across the cave in frustration. And as he did so, he shouted, Paul, you don't want to be understood. That anecdote comes very much to mind as we ponder this text from Romans. As was mentioned here last week, Romans chapters 9 to 11 are very dense chapters and prone to misunderstanding. No wonder we only get a few snippets in the lectionary at Mass, and no wonder it's rarely preached on. There is, to be sure, much to be pondered here, much to mine and study in prayer. Some time ago, I came across an analogy that has proved immensely helpful for me in putting together the big story that is salvation history and the crucial, all-important, irrevocable role of the Jewish people in it. The analogy goes like this. God created the human race in his image and likeness to worship and live in communion with him, to love one another, to care for creation. But the human race got derailed by the deception of the enemy. This enemy tempted our first parents to doubt God's goodness and love, and we thereby unknowingly sold ourselves into slavery to the indomitable powers of sin and death, and there is no way on our own to escape their grip. As a result, the analogy goes, it was as if the human project, like an out-of-control car, drove into a deep ditch and was utterly unable to get out on its own. To rescue the human project, God chose the Jewish people to be the means by which the car could get out of the ditch, something like a divine tow truck, if you will. The problem was that since the Jewish people were part of the original human project, it turns out they too were in the ditch too, hopelessly bound by sin and death. The tow truck also needed to be rescued. In such a hopeless predicament, how could humanity ever be rescued? The rescue could only happen through God's Son, 
the one through whom and for whom all things exist. See Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17, who freed us from our sins. See Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, who abolished death. See 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, who bound the strong man, our ancient enemy. See Mark chapter 3, verse 27, and made us into a kingdom and priests for God our Father. See Revelation 1, verse 6. In Jesus, the entire human race, Jew and Gentile, has been rescued from the dominion and rule of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God. See Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. St. Paul was so deeply immersed in the scriptures, what we now call the Old Testament, but for him was the only scripture there was, that he knew well this prophecy in Isaiah. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant be rescued. For I will contend with those who contend with you. Then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord, your Savior, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 24 to 26. Encountering the risen Lord on the road to Damascus, Paul, against all expectations, came to realize that Jesus is this Redeemer. Jesus, a descendant of Abraham, the son of David, of the stock of Israel, is not then the founder of some new religion, as is often wrongly supposed. Rather, for Paul, Jesus is the shocking fulfillment of all that God had promised both the Jewish people and the whole world. In Jesus, God has had mercy on all. See Romans chapter 11, verse 32. For his desire is that all be saved. See 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Let us thank the Lord this week for his wondrous plan of salvation, his extraordinary patience with both our race and ourselves, and pray for the grace to trust him ever more deeply.